0: Well, last week we started with uh, the, the series of um, the trials that refine our faith. And um, I started with First Peter, and we're going to come back to First Peter uh, later on in the series. But uh, more so, we started with one of those tough um, books in the Bible, and the book of Job, and with the character of Job. And um, we we just uh, scraped the f- surface by talking a little bit about Job. And <clears throat> Job is an Old Testament um, character, somebody who's lived before Christ came into the scene with the New Testament, and a person who's, um, there is a whole uh, book that is dedicated to him with 42 chapters. And it's, it's really a, a very interesting character because Job is this righteous and um, guy in the eyes of god he he lives a very <clears throat> good life in the eyes of god and and yet he is facing some big challenges he he's faced uh, as we read in scriptures he's faced he's been facing some uh, great loss and grief and pain and suffering and as we as we talked about job last week we talked about that that suffering helps us to um, refine our faith and is not necessarily connected with um, sin, is not necessarily connected with something that we have done. And today we're going to be picking up on that. And um, thank you, Richard, for, build, uh, for for reminding us about that um, idea that Jesus uh, talks in the New Testament about building our house on the rock and when the torrential rain comes when the storm comes the foundations and the house remains strong and unshakable and we've got this opportunity now as we go through difficult through this difficult time to continue to show that our house is built on the rock our lord jesus christ um i'm going to be sharing a screen with you and uh, very, very shortly. And the we, we're going to be thinking a little bit today about Job's suffering. And um, actually, what's what, what did his uh, what, sorry, the um, apologies for this. Um, I've got the wrong slide. Um, we we're going to be thinking today about uh, Job's suffering. And and a little bit about the response of his friends. I know we're not going to spend a lot of time in the book of Job. So the way I've thought it is that <clears throat> we take each character um, of the friends of Job um, and we, we talk and think a little bit about uh, their setup and the situation. And therefore, then we draw uh, things that we can um, parallel with our own lives and our own uh, set up as we as we um, as we are living through this time of of pandemic so um as we as we know from um, from last week and as we uh, are going to hear soon is uh, the situation that Z- uh, job is this righteous man has got uh, lots of riches and he's got um, lots of property and he's got everything that you could think of and he loses everything overnight i've asked one of our young people to to read uh, from job chapter 2 verses 7 to 13
1: i am reading from job 2 verse 7 to 13 so satan left the lord's presence He put painful sores on Job's body, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Job took a piece of broken pottery to scrape himself, and he sat in ashes in misery. Job's wife said to him, Why are you trying to stay innocent? Curse God and die? Job answered, You are talking like a foolish woman. Should we take only good things from God and not trouble? In spite of all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Now Job had three friends. Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Narmathite. When these friends heard about Job's trouble, they agreed to meet and visit him. They wanted to show their concern and to comfort him. They saw Job from far away, but he looked so different they almost didn't recognise him. They began to cry loudly and tore their robes and put earth on their heads to show how sad they were. Then they sat on the ground of Job for seven days and seven nights, no one said a word to him because they saw how much he was suffering.
0: Thank you. So here we've got Job. Here we've got his friends and um, who try to, to comfort him. Um, in the end, as we read the whole across the book of Job, we, we see that there is several attempts. It's his wife. It's his three friends now. And then we've got Elihu later on. Who, who also has got something to say uh, to Job about what, what he sees and what he perceives. And then we've got the theophany, that when God appears to Job. Now, it's, it's so real and so raw, uh, the situation that Job is facing, that um, it's amazing to see that uh, the Bible says that Job had three friends and it was eliphaz bildad and zophar and when they heard about job's troubles they agreed to meet and visit him and the best thing about all this these three friends i'm going to refer to this uh, several times is that they go they saw him they see him from far and they don't recognise him he's in really desperate desperate situation they began to cry loudly. They tore their robes and put dirt on their heads to show how sad they were to see Job in that position. And then I love this verse verse 13. They sat on the ground with Job seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because. They saw how much he was suffering. No one said a word to Job because they saw how much he was suffering. So it's great to see this eagerness and this uh, desire for the friends to, to help him out, to 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 reach out, to to sympathize with him, to commiserate with him and to 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 express that they're really sad about him and and i think would be would have been great if they would have stayed here at this place of being quiet but isn't it true that in our attempt to comfort people who are going through difficult times the 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 way that we try to think and the way that we try to 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 find a way to reach out to them is sometimes by words and it's interesting how powerful the words that we are, we say or are spoken to us when we've got through we've gone through difficult times how powerful and how 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 impactful they are and they can be so today we're going to be looking at uh, the first character. Um, he, he's the guy who I think is the eldest, and his name is Eliphaz. He's the one who's the eldest because he takes um, the, the, the turn first to say something. And as I said to you, the book has got 42 chapters. And out of these 42 chapters, 24 chapters of the book are dedicated to the dialogue that these three friends have with Job and they do it in a matter of three cycles. So so there is the first cycle where Eliphaz, Bildad and Zophar speak to Job and then they each take the second uh, turn to, to speak to him again and third term to speak to him again and as they speak to Job you can see how less compassionate they become in the cycle but also that you see that that they become with less and less words we we're going to be looking at Eliphaz today uh, but but the the idea is that throughout all these dialogues there is there is four kind of um, common themes that that run through their conversations and their attempt to, to comfort job, unfortunately, they don't get it all right. They've got some things in their conversations with Job that they get right, but they're not right they, they've got it wrong, and God has to summon them in the end of the book for them to repent. So in one sense, we see that the 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 there is an understanding of God which they've got uh, very limited yes they know some good doctrines but at this case in this situation the doctrines of the justice and the retribution of god is not making sense is not applicable because they don't know what's going on in the heavenly realm their understanding of jobs of job's situation is is limited they 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 try to give comfort but actually it's useless in later on in the book job co- calls them uh, you you're just miserable comforters job chapter 16 and it's it's useless you know they 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 want to reach out they want to understand job's situation they they've got the solution they 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 need to you know they've got the solution for job but But still, it's not where Job is and it's not what the situation is. And then in the same time, we've got Job's response. We see Job that he is all the way long saying he is innocent. He has not done anything wrong that they think that he has done. He has not caused God to to, to, to anger because of his behaviour. His suffering is coming. From something else, so in in those three um, moments that Eliphaz and Job have this dialogue, there is there is this constant um, reminder of this uh, limited theology that Eliphaz has got about God. So he's saying to Job, listen. All you need to do to to, to be removed from this misery where you are, all you need to do is to appeal to God and admit that you are wrong. Recognize your guilt by comparing actually that, you know, because that's only the way that God treats the wicked and he's not treating righteous people like that. So therefore, you've done something wrong. So you need to repent. You need to be restored. And then... You'll be fine. And Job is saying, What you're saying to me does not make sense. I've not done anything wrong, so please stop treating me as guilty. I'm happy to face God. I will confront Him and demand for my vindication. I need God's protection from i need protection from god's attacks and call for an advocate to take my case look around you who can think about self when the world is so out of sync so yes there is an element here that perhaps they they had understood things about god in in a limited way but there was there was not only that miss applied theology, but also there was an element there of arrogance that there was only one way out of the situation for Job, which actually we know it wasn't the case. Um, it's, it's interesting, I said, I, I, I have found myself sometimes, well, uh, in a few occasions that when you try to comfort some somebody with something, and you want to reassure them that you are really identifying that they're going through a difficult time and acknowledge the pain that they're going through. That you say stuff that is really unhelpful. You say stuff that is useless. You say stuff because you want to say stuff, but I'd rather be where Job's friends were in chapter 2 verse 13 where they really sat quiet and they thought they felt sad about the time and the uh, the, the time of suffering that job was experiencing yes in our attempt to comfort we perhaps sometimes talk about god in a way that is not applicable to that situation and i think there is a big big difference here that we see with job's friends and job i think there is a big difference as i've been reading and studying about this this week there's a big difference about being a god talker and a god knower i know it's a play on words but but eliphaz bildad and zophar are good god talkers they just talk about god and job knows god he's lived a life that is righteous and he he what they're saying does not make sense it's this misapplied theology which which it does not he cannot identify with with his life the the friends eliphaz and 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 the rest are trying to link Job's situation with what's going on with the conventional wisdom with their experience we will have Eliphaz who would even say that he he had this dream he had this vision in the night and that's why it's so powerful and that's what Job needs to do and Job's response throughout the whole of this scenario or throughout the whole of this experience is that i am innocent I am innocent so stop treating me as guilty I just wonder what um, Job's friends would have said about the people that have suffered later on um, in the in the other parts of the Old Testament I don't know what they would say about the suffering of the apostles and the disciples of Jesus. I don't know what they would say about the suffering of Jesus' suffering himself. But all I know and all I read here is that as much as I want to identify that, yes, in our attempt to, uh, to, to try and comfort people, we say unhelpful stuff, useless stuff there is an element there that i want to learn from this book of job that actually i want to be less of a god talker and more of a god knower so even through this time of pandemic we're trying to 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 give uh, answers we, we we're trying to to try and resolve the problem i have read endless, endless documents and and materials that try to, to point the finger or trying to, to allocate what the big problem is with the pandemic. And if I'm honest, I want to confess that because I've wasted my time because I could have done better with sitting at the feet of Jesus and saying, Lord, I want to know you better through this pandemic I want you I want to know you better through my limitations I I, I want to know you better through my restrictions I want to know you better through my lockdown and I want to talk less about what God might be saying into this situation but one thing that it's very clear from Job is that yes Job does not sit back. We've got also the book of Psalms that Job does not sit back and the Psalmist don't sit back with those questions before God. It is okay to ask and be honest and be be transparent with your questions before God, where you are going and what you're going through at these difficult times. I want to, to uh, finish by uh, reminding ourselves that there in although we are surrounded by a lot of conventional wisdom, although we're surrounded a lot, I mean, in this day and age, we've got access to endless resources, whether theological, whether uh, scientific, whether everything you know, you want, all you need to do is do a Google search. And the, the point that I want to, to, to drive through today is that in our attempt to trying to make sense of the situation that we're in, in our attempt to try and comfort the people that we love and we care for dearly, I want to encourage you that we Embrace the challenge of being less God talkers and more God knowers. This is still an opportunity for you and me to know God better during this lockdown. And as I said earlier on, I don't know what Eliphaz would have said about Paul with his suffering, because again, he was very righteous. He says to the Philippians, I've ticked all the boxes. That uh, there are out there to be ticked for me to be a follower of Jesus. And therefore, I don't need anyone to tell me. And yet, I am in prison. I am in in handcuffs because of the gospel. And again, what would Eliphaz say about Jesus' suffering as well? Because again, this is an opportunity for us to be thinking during this suffering and during this restriction that actually... We've got somebody, we've got a Lord and Saviour who's gone through suffering himself and he can understand us. Um, I, I we, We're going to be taking communion soon. And um, I've asked Matt to come in again and, and to read for us from Hebrews. But before we do that, I want us to, to stop for a moment and to, to think a little bit about this opportunity that we have today. That in our diligence and our attempt and desire to help people who are suffering and struggling. That we tune in and see what God is doing rather than give a quick answer. I have found myself doing that several times. And the encouragement that we've got today from God's word is that again, we look to God. So instead of giving an answer about God, we give God as an answer.